You know, since the very beginning, the Lord has always wanted a relationship with people. With every single one of us, that's what he really wants. And I just want to clarify when I say relationship, I don't mean uh, this kind of religious thing where uh, ever people say everybody has a relationship with God, you know. Um, and it's kind of like people even use this worldly example. They'll say, well, I haven't spoken to my earthly father in 15 years, but he's still my father, so I still have a relationship. I want you to know that your heavenly father wants much more than that kind of a relationship with you. He wants something real with you. In fact, when someone has that kind of relationship, the scripture teaches us that that's a lost person. That's what the parable uh, or the story of the prodigal son that Jesus told, that's what that was all about, was here was a son that left the father's house. And you know how he referred to him, my son, which was lost. And I just want you to know, our father, he wants a close relationship with you. Something that much more than even just, you know, well, I prayed for a few minutes this morning. I prayed over my meals. And yeah, I know, I know what to say at church. No, he wants a close personal relationship with us throughout our day, all the time, since the very beginning. That's the way it was supposed to be, that he would walk and talk with us. We're going to read Genesis 3, 8 through 10. And just before we do, let me, let me just mention to this that even after Adam and Eve fell, even after the fall of man, the Lord comes into the garden looking for them to talk to them. Just think about that. Here they had sinned. They did the one thing that the Lord told them not to do. And what does he do? He shows up. He wants to talk to them about it. We're going to read it, Genesis 3, 8 through 10. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. They heard the sound. You could hear him coming. I wonder what that sounded like. Might have been kind of scary. I don't know. Well, they were scared anyway, weren't they? And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, the Lord God, among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Now, here's something that took me a lot of years to learn, and, and you, you're going to get to learn it the easy way. I'm going to tell you, whenever God asks somebody a question, whenever he asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. It is for your benefit. I, mean, I always think this is so funny that they're hiding from God in the trees, in the bushes. You know what I'm saying? The one who made it all, like, like you can hide from God, but... Why is he asking this? I'm telling you, it's for their benefit, for them to realize what's going on with them, that they are hiding from the Lord. He knows exactly where they are. Verse 10, so he said, I heard your voice. Adam says, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. I heard your voice and I was afraid. They were afraid, I guess, maybe because they had blown it. 
I want you to know there's a whole lot of people that are hiding from the Lord. They hide behind a busy life. You know, they're just too busy. Well, there's something else going on there. They hide behind all their problems. Some of them hide behind their pride. They don't need God. Some of them even hide in a form of religion. There's just a myriad of excuses that people have for why they hide from God. But one way or another, there's a whole lot of people, even those who call themselves Christians, who are hiding from the Lord. But here's the thing. He knows exactly where they are. He knows exactly what's gone on and what's going on with them. And guess what? He wants a relationship with every single one of us. That's why Jesus came, is to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to reconcile us to the Father so that we could have a real, a living relationship with the Lord. He wants a daily fellowship, a closeness with us. So tonight, we're simply going to talk a few minutes about walking with God. There's two men in the Bible that it says specifically that they walked with God, Enoch and Noah. And it speaks of a relationship, a fellowship, a friendship, a closeness that's really available to all of us. So we're just going to look at Enoch's story just a little bit in Genesis 5, 21 through 24. It says Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. And he begot, after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years. That's a long time to, lock, to walk with God. And he had sons and daughters, so all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. There came a day when the Lord just said, you know what? I want you up here. You're coming up here to be with me. This guy walked with God for 300 years. You know, Sunday I talked about being time-wise. We don't know how long we have. But how about we just decide, I'm going to walk with God each and every day for the rest of my life, all day long. I'm going to walk with God until that day I go home to be with the Lord. 300 years, Enoch walked with him. I'm telling you, what a testimony, what an example Enoch sets for us. But what does it mean to walk with God? You know, I'm sure there's some deep theological truths that people might come up with, but I just want to focus on the simple truths. You know, let's not miss the simple thing. First of all, to walk with God means to know Him personally. There's, there's, it's not a, a second-hand religion, you know. It's not just something you heard about at church. It's not just something that your parents told you about. It's something that you experience for yourself, a, a real relationship with the Lord. I love these verses from Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. It says, this is what the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom or the strong man boast of his strength or the rich man boast of his riches. Now listen, you could just add a hundred other things in there that people want to boast about. I'm going to meddle with you. Not even your grandkids. 
No, here's what we ought to boast about. He says, let him who boasts, boast about this, that he understands and knows me. It's amazing. The only thing the scripture tells us is worth boasting about is that we understand and we know the Lord, that we have a real relationship with God. That's something worth boasting about. Second, walking with God simply means living in the presence of God, that we are always aware of him it's in him we live and move and have our being that we are constantly aware that God is with us all the time we're walking with him everywhere we go he's there with us Psalm 139 1 through 10 oh Lord you have searched me and known me you know my sitting down my rising up you understand my thoughts afar off you comprehend my path and my lying down you're acquainted with all my ways there's not a word on my tongue but oh Lord you know it all together you've hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me such knowledge is too wonderful for me it is high I cannot attain it wonderful knowledge to realize that the Almighty is with you everywhere you go. See, when you walk out of this building tonight, he's going to be walking with you to the car. When you drive home, he's going to be riding with you. When you put your head on the pillow tonight, you need to be aware the Almighty is here with me. He's right here in this bedroom with me. When you wake up in the morning and you open your eyes, you ought to think that think about this. Yes, he's here. He's already here. It doesn't matter where I go, what I do. The Almighty is going with me. See, that's what it is to walk with God. You got to have that awareness. So if we if we just forget about the Lord for a while, guess what? You're not really walking with him. And we need to have that mindset all the time that we know that God is with us. Wonderful knowledge to know he's with us all around us. He lives in us by his spirit. Verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. You know, we as New Testament believers, we have so much. And I think sometimes we make so much less of what we have than what some of these Old Testament believers did is the kind of relationship that this psalmist is talking about here is amazing. Oh, how we need that. Even there, your hand shall lead me. Your right hand shall hold me. Third, walking with God implies a fellowship with him in thought and word and deed. See, you can't walk with the Lord if you don't ever talk to him. In fact, I'm just going to jump out here and say, you can't really walk with the Lord if you don't ever listen to him. And you can't walk with the Lord if you don't live in obedience to him. This is kind of goes against the Christian culture of the day as they just say, well, because of the blood of Jesus, it don't matter how we live. That's not in the Bible. In fact, that makes a mockery of the blood of Jesus. That's not what grace is for. Grace is not a license for immorality. Grace is so we can live in victory and overcome and live in obedience to our Savior. 
Oh, it's a powerful grace. Amen. Listen to this from 1 John 1, 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. See, if we refuse to obey the Lord, we're not really walking in fellowship with him. Now, I want you to understand, all of us make mistakes. All of us fall. All of us sin. None of us has attained some perfection in this life. But here's what I know also is that we need to have a heart that wants to serve God and live for God and be sincere about wanting to walk with Him. Enoch, what a great example. He lived in a very ungodly generation. You know, it was shortly after Enoch was taken that the flood came. But Enoch didn't go with the crowd. He went with God. He walked with him. And to walk with God... It's to live your life with an awareness of his presence and conscious fellowship with him, to, to make him your real and constant companion, that you are always aware of him. It's to know him personally, intimately. And I know that's what God wants for every one of us. So how can we walk with God? First, it has to be by faith. We don't come on the merits of our own goodness because we think that we're righteous in some way. No, we know the Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. We come by faith. And for us as New Testament believers, we come by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ that he paid the price for us once and for all. I want to read to you from Hebrews 10, 19 to 22. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart. See, this is in sincerity. Nothing phony. Not some dead religion. A true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. See, we can't allow past sins and feelings of guilt and condemnation to keep us from being close to God. Jesus has already paid the price for that. And, and here, you know, here's the thing. You see, we need to count the blood of Jesus as enough. And not think that it, it wasn't powerful enough, it wasn't valuable enough to pay for all of our sin. Let us draw near, he said, in full assurance of faith. Reminds me of James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's one of the greatest promises of scripture. You see, if you want to be close to God... You can. You can. He won't force himself on you. But if you'll draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. You know, there might be some people in this world you'd like to get close to, and they don't want nothing to do with you. Here's the thing. 
your heavenly father. If you'll draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. But I want to get to the rest of the verse. I don't want to leave it out. It's so important. He goes right on and he says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. See, here's the thing. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin and unrighteousness. But that's not, that's not something we're supposed to live in. No, he expects us, if we really want to draw near to him, then we, we get rid of the things in our life that are hindering our walk with him. We get rid of the things in our life that are not pleasing to him. What are you going to do? Drive that, drive, drag that ugly mess along with you as you walk with God? No. No, we want to we have that close walk with him. He says, purify your hearts, you double-minded. But here's the thing, it's totally up to us. We can draw near if we want to. But it has to be by faith. Hebrews 11, 5 and 6 tells us again about Enoch. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. Sometimes people get confused there in Genesis when it talks about God taking him. They think that he died. No, he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he, he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Number one, you got to believe that he is. <laughs> now, there's a lot of people that believe that he is. But you also need to believe that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You know, one of the greatest lies of the devil that he's tried to push upon so many people, he did it to Job, is to tell you that you serve God for nothing. It doesn't matter if you serve God. No, you got to believe that he rewards those who diligently seek him. When we serve the Lord, we walk with the Lord, I'm telling you, God is going to bless you just like, I don't mean in the same way, but I mean just like he blessed Enoch, God will bless you. He rewards those who diligently seek him. You got to believe that he is. Believe that he is with you. That he is who he says he is. You know, this is one of the amazing things to me about God walking with you is that, oh my goodness, the creator is walking with me. The all-powerful, he's walking with me. The healer's walking with me. The provider's walking with me. My shelter, my strong and high tower, he's walking with me. You see, we just start realizing who it is that's walking with us. That's an amazing thing. It kind of changes your outlook on life when you realize just exactly who this is that's walking with you. Mighty, mighty God walks with us. Amen. And we need that constant awareness of his presence with us all the time. Second yeah. Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith, not by sight. You walk with God by faith, not by sight. Oh, boy. Here we go. Not by feelings. Your feelings are so 
closely connected to your senses, they will lie to you a lot of the time. It doesn't matter if you feel him. Listen, I like it when I feel him. But he's just as real when I don't feel him. He's just as real. Listen, sometimes we're supposed to listen to God. Sometimes we don't hear. Sometimes God is quiet. Hey, sweetheart. Sometimes we're quiet, aren't we? We still like to be together. We still go places and do things, and we don't have to talk 100% of the time. I thank God for a woman that understands that. <laughs> Listen, I'm just trying to make a point to you that just because he's not saying something, at least where you, you know, really hear it, doesn't mean that he's not with you. That his presence, that that fellowship is not still there. If you do this, you walk by faith, not by sight. Not by the senses, it's by faith. We believe that God is with us. That we're close to him. Even when we can't see him, even when we can't hear him, we believe anyway. 1 Peter 1, 8. Whom having not seen, you love. Though you do not see him, yet believing. You rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Wow. You see, even though I can't see him, I know he's walking with me. That's a cause to rejoice. I tell you, if you just let that get on you, that, that knowledge that, the, that he's walking with you, it'll bring joy. It'll bring peace. You see... Psalm 46. Though the earth, though the mountains be cast into the sea, we're not going to be afraid. He's our refuge. There's a lot of crazy things going on in this world. And I want, I want you to understand that what it says, it doesn't say, hey, everything's going to be the way you want it. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say, hey, don't worry about it. The mountains will not be cast into the sea. And let me just give you a little thought here about that. You see, the mountains were the symbol of what was always going to stand. What could move that mountain? What could take the mountains out? But he says, though the, mount, though, though the mountains be cast into the sea, we won't fear. Because he is with us and he is our refuge. I just, I want you to understand that when he is walking with you, you go through things, things happen in this world. A lot of people all freaked out. Freaked out about Russia and China and the economy and everything else. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if something bad's going to happen. I don't know if the mountain's going to be cast into the sea. What I do know is that he's going to be with me. 
and that he's my refuge, I can trust him. I don't have to be afraid no matter what happens. We need to realize who it is that's walking with us. Mighty, mighty God. Oh, if we just learn to truly trust him and walk with him each and every day. Enoch pleased God because he believed. And our father, he wants us to trust him, to take him at his word. He wants us to see beyond the natural. That's what pleases him. How do you walk with God? You walk with him by faith. Second, you walk with him by choice. If you don't want to, you ain't. But let me tell you something, if you choose to, see, it doesn't happen by accident. It's not an automatic thing. You know, I prayed the prayer one time, and so I'm walking. No, it's something that you choose to do. You walk with him because, see, you're walking with him because he ain't going your way. See, if you're going to walk with God, you're going to have to get an agreement with him. Amos 3.3, 3. can two walk together unless they are agreed? If you and God aren't walking together, you're going to have to change because he won't. He says, I the Lord change not. He's not going to come around to your way of thinking. And he's sure not going to come around to our way of doing things. But to walk with God, you see, we've got to be teachable because we've got to be learning His ways. So you've got to see things His way. You've got to agree with Him. Do you agree with Him? Do you agree with what His Word says? Are you going to walk with Him? Are you going to learn to agree with Him? 1 John 2, 6. Whoever claims to live in Him must walk as Jesus did. Walk as Jesus did. I'm going to say it again, none of us is above sin. All of us, you know, make mistakes. None of us are without fault. But the point here is that if we're going to walk with God, we got to choose to live for God. Here's a passage that I think is, uh, well, it's just a lot easier to leave this out of our preaching and teaching today. I know that because it gets left out a lot. 2 Corinthians 6, 16 through 18, it says, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell among them and walk among them. I walk among them. Wow. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them. Be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I'll be their God and I will walk among them. But he expects us to come out from among them. He doesn't, listen, we're in this world, but we're not of it. He expects us to separate ourselves from ungodly, worldly things. There's a lot of believers living some kind of a a compromised life. How, How close can I get to the edge? I want to tell you that kind of person never going to be very close to God. Is how close can I get to him? See, that's the only thing that matters if we're really sincere. It's not, it's not what can we get away with. Now, where's the line? What, are, what exactly are the rules? That's Old Testament law. Now, the same people would say, oh, no, we're not under the law. But they still want to say, well, how far can I? 
No, it's how close can I be? I want to walk with the Savior. He calls us all to closeness with him. And he gave us his righteousness. He became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Third, to walk with him. I've been talking about it all night, but I just I want to say it very clearly. We got to fellowship with him throughout our day. We got to pray. We got to talk with him. We got to commune with him. Sometimes when you say to somebody, hey, let's go for a walk. Now, you might be doing that for exercise, but usually when you say, hey, let's go for a walk, it's because you want to have a talk. Or maybe, like I said earlier, maybe sometimes you just want to be together and be alone together. But here's the thing. You see, when we walk with the Lord, we talk to him about our hopes and dreams. We talk to him about our fears and the things we're struggling with. We talk to him about our weaknesses and the the stuff that's going on in our life. See, we talk to him about all of those things. And we listen for the Lord's voice and his direction to speak in our heart and show us which way to go and what to do. But it's that constant communion and fellowship with him. And and I've just got to get this in here that I think for every one of us, as we walk with the Lord and we're talking to the Lord, a whole lot of that ought to just be us praising him and and glorifying him and worshiping him. Because I tell you, when we really get our minds on who he is, it just changes everything. He created us for a relationship and it pleases him when we walk with him. It ought to be our greatest joy just to walk with the Lord. You know, if we make it a religious duty to pray or to be with the Lord, it takes all the joy out of it. But I think it's just, if you, when, when people do that, they're just missing the boat altogether. Because if you really understand what it is to fellowship, to pray, to commune with the Lord, how wonderful that is just to be able to pour your burdens out to the Lord, to share those things with the mighty God, with the sovereign God of the universe, or just to realize that he wants to talk to you and have that kind of relationship with you. And during those times, those burdens are lifted, peace comes, and so, you know, God helps us through the times of sorrow, comforts us. To live a Christian life without prayer, well, it just doesn't work. Because it's really, it's really all about a relationship with our father. A, fa- a famous pianist said once, he said, if, if I miss a, my piano practice one day, he said, I know it. He said, if I miss two days, my friends know it. If I miss three days, the whole world knows it. I, I think he way overestimated most people's musical ability, <laughs> understanding, but, but here's the thing. The point is, is that, you know, 
when we're not really walking with God, when we're not really praying and talking with our Father like we should be, we know it. But here's the thing, we keep going that way for very long, and, well, your family knows it. And then it's not too long until your coworkers know it and your neighbors know it. I'm just telling you what a testimony it is when we really walk with the Lord each and every day. But all that aside, how wonderful, how wonderful for me, how wonderful for you to walk out of this building tonight knowing that your heavenly Father is walking with you, that you're close to him, that you have a real relationship with him. And I just want us to close this time with a few minutes of prayer. I want you to go ahead and stand with me.